What if you could be doing something smarter with your money that creates income now? If you're wanting to get ahead financially and enjoy greater freedom of choice, if you want a comfortable retirement and you know you'll have more choices if you can do more with your money now, if you've wondered who else is creating ways to make their money work for them and you want actionable ideas with honest pros and cons and no fluff, welcome to the Richer Geek Podcast. We're here helping people find creative ways to build wealth and financial freedom. I'm Mike Stoller, and in this podcast, you'll hear from others who are already doing these things and learn how you can too. Welcome back to the Richard Geek Podcast. We try to highlight all the different ways you can diversify your portfolio, especially if you're still working. If you are seeking a way to gain passive income with a high yield, you'll want to listen to this episode. We welcome Jonathan Tuttle, fund manager at Midwest Park Capital, where he provides accredited investors with exclusive access to high yield investment in the mobile home park vertical. You may have never thought about investing in mobile homes, but wait until you hear what Jonathan has to say. I'm happy to introduce Jonathan Tuttle. How you doing, Jonathan? Very good. Thanks for having me on. It's a it's it's a blast. You know, I'm really looking forward to digging in and learning about all the truths and myths about mobile home parks. And I think there's a lot. Um, I, I think uh, so many people say and they know that mobile home parks are a, a very good resource to invest in, but I think they're a little bit scared of it. Uh, but before we dig into that, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself uh, and uh, where you're from and how did you get started in real estate? Sure, sure, great questions. Uh, well, I was fortunate enough, my dad was a real estate guy. So growing up, he had three real estate brokerage offices. Uh, he developed about 84 two or 83 custom homes, single family homes. And then later on in around 2005, he got his first park. And that's when I knew I was gonna get into real estate. Uh, I was growing up with it being a little kid, but around two, you know, 2005, he got his first park. And exactly what you kind of said this, I was like, what are you buying? A mobile home park? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> yeah. and that was the reaction. Even when I tell my friends, I'm like, after seeing the, what it was doing, cause that was right, right before the downturn, and over the next five years, we had that, that first park for about seven years. We had a great offer. We had to take it and sell it. Uh, but it just blew my mind that how resilient that industry, our industry is during downturns, which we're starting to see again this year. Which, so that's kind of like the first exposure to it. Uh, just grew up doing sales jobs. Uh, got into real estate around 2010. Uh, brokerage side, brokered until around a couple of years ago. And now I have a fund and I actually have an info product in the space, a mobile home park space. Oh, well, tell me a little bit about that. I mean, that's kind of a, you know, an interesting part. Um, now, did you, your first outside of your father, was it a mobile home park? Was that the first asset that you actually purchased on your own? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Then we had two more. Uh, we got 2011 and 13 was the next two parks. So yeah, I just like the resilience of it and like all the economic. I got really comfortable with it because 
it was just so resilient. And the beauty about what kind of what you alluded to, mm-hmm. the fact that not everyone knows about it or they kind of have a stigma, it means it was it was it's getting a lot more harder now because people are diving full into it. But at that time, like seven, 10 years ago, it still had the stigma. And so mm-hmm. it was a lot easier to get into it. And you know, like they say, the riches are in the niches. So I like yeah. I like to go more of a blue ocean than uh, compete with everyone. So well, that's, that's right. Yeah, the there's mobile home buying and flipping is not on HGTV yet. <laughs> <laughs> so that's when you know that you're you're still you're still okay and you can still make some money because exactly. every every young kid out there is not buying it yet, you know, and getting in trouble. Um, but let's. Uh, you keep, you keep talking about resiliency, and I, that's very, very important in today's market. And believe me, I know, you know I've, I've really changed just in, in my aspect in, in the hotel business on what to buy, and I've just con- completely changed my criteria and even different avenues. So it's interesting that you're saying that the mobile home parks have been resilient, and you've uh, you've been through it in 2008 with your fathers and then you're able to buy towards the end of it in, in 11 and 13. So tell me about the resiliency and what you're, you found, did it dip at all or you know, what was your, what's your reaction towards that? I mean, it's such an incredible asset. Uh, they just had data that just came out about a week ago from green street data, which aggregates all institutional data from all different commercial you know, different asset classes. And the only two that have actually gone up in value this year were mobile home parks and industrial. Industrial because of e-commerce, all the stores are closed now and that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But you could open industrial as long as you're, the zoning stipulations, uh, you could open them, the cities will allow them, you know, they're far away spaces. However, with manufacturing mobile home parks uh, or land lease committees, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. um, is the, it's almost impossible to get the new zoning approval. So that's what keeps that, that's one of the factor to keep the supply and demand. You have mm-hmm. 60 million, million Americans that need affordable housing, about 12 million mobile homes or about 44,000 parks. And you can't develop, it's almost impossible. And or it's usually a conversion, like an RV conversion. So it's kind of mm-hmm. the same demographic anyway. And or if you're looking from an investor standpoint, you're developing a subdivision. If you're developing a subdivision, you might as well do a multifamily hotel, you know, or even a residential subdivision at that point, because you're not going to get your return for three or four years. We'd rather buy a mobile home park that's cash flowing right away, and you're not bringing it home by home by home and marketing it like that. Uh, so that's the, the data really backed it up. Also, Wall Street Journal had an article, I think it was about Feb- February of this year, uh, well, 2020, I don't know when this actually aired, but... Uh, and they alluded to the fact that during the last, since the last housing crash, mobile manufactured housing has done the, been the most resilient, been just killing the market basically. And it basically comes down to supply and demand. Um, and there's different types of parks. So like you mentioned the stigma, but there's also like senior parks. They do really well. One of our parks is senior parks. And that's just like a retirement community. It's not, you have 70% of America, 65, 70% of America lives on social security and they have low savings. The other 30% can afford, you know, assisted living, the luxury resorts, but who, who serves that 70% and, or if they're competing, or if they're looking at a local apartment, like a, uh, a garden community, South apartment complex, it's usually half the price than that. Plus, if you get older, you don't want to walk up and down the stairs. You want to be able to park your car right next to your house. You walk right into your house. You have a sense of community. You don't have neighbors knocking on, you know, knocking your door above and below you, yelling kids, screaming, any of that. So that's some of, the, some of the benefits you see in the manufacturer from the tenant side, uh, from the investor side, it's just something, 
it just has this resilience because the lot rents are one third the price of a house in the same town and one half the price of an apartment. So the cost for it, it serves that need for the affordable housing. Mm -hmm. So that's why it does so well. And it, it, it's amazing to me about all the, all the, the whining and, you know, with the city governments and and the counties, you know, affordable housing, affordable housing, we need more affordable housing, but you can't do mobile home parks. Right. It's crazy. (laughs) There's that stigma again, right? You know, because it's going to, it's going to put a blight on the neighborhood. Oh, it's going to, you know, even though it can be, I've seen some very nice, luxurious, Mm -hmm. you know, and they kind of mix in some RVs with the, with the mobile homes and and things like that. There's some really nice ones, whole communities with pools and, and, and fitness centers. And I mean, just, you know, the whole thing. Um, How does it different are the ones that you concentrate on uh, do the, I don't know if you call them tenants or if you call them homeowners, uh, are they, do you own the, the, the manufactured house or, or is it a mixture or, you know, are they renting just the, the pad? You know, how does that work with, do you rent out the mobile home itself, you know, or do they own it? Yeah, no. So there's a couple ways. There's a couple of different business models. Ideally what you want is it's like a land lease where you basically own the land and you own as few as homes as possible. You're not a landlord. You're not a, you know, mm-hmm. You want to keep that on them. So basically they own the house. Plus, I didn't mention this earlier, but like the taxation, for example, in Illinois, mm-hmm. Illinois and California are two of the highest, but Illinois specific real estate tax is astronomical for mm-hmm. what you get. Uh, Illinois and California, obviously also the two broker states. Yep. We are so behind that like you have a $150,000 house and you have like a four or $5,000 tax bill. <laughs> it's insane, if not higher. So if you have a mobile home, you can have the same school, same fire, live across the street in the mobile home park, with your $15,000 mobile home, whatever it's worth, just say yeah. that's a good, good range. And then you're saving 300, 400, 500 bucks a month on taxes. So that's kind of like your equity. So for the tenant side, so it's really beneficial for them to own it because A, they're saving all this money in the taxation. So in the average tenant says 14, 15 years, and that you're basically getting the same amount of equity. You don't have all the repairs. You know, the park owner maintains the grounds besides their yard. So you have all those advantage. And then so ideally, and then also for like Fannie and Freddie for financing, they've really looked into our space and really been hugely pushing the last like five years. 10 years ago, you couldn't really get Fannie and Freddie. I know people are familiar, but Fannie and Freddie is the government mm-hmm. financing. It's the best terms, non-recourse, 10, 12 years, the lowest rates. It's actually lower than multifamily right now. They really like our space. A, because there's a uh, kind of a duty to serve to kind of help people. They, say, I forgot they, have. they have a special name for it, but there's, they have to allocate 35 to 37% towards affordable housing mm-hmm. and who's the biggest recipient of it? Mobile home parks, obviously. So mm-hmm. we're getting these terms that are like 2.7, 3% rates, which is like unheard of, which is also bringing down the cap rates. Cause you know, the man, everyone wants to get into it. You can't develop new ones. And then you get, Hey, you could also get the greatest financing out there. So it's like this huge mix of which is causing this uh, explosion in our industry. You're seeing Blackstone just bought 550 million additionally about a month ago. The mobile home parks in Florida. You have Apollo Group buying billions over the next couple mm-hmm. of years. The Sovereign Wealth Fund. So all the big players are getting into our space because they see the value of it. Besides, like Warren Buffett and Sam mm-hmm. Zell have been into it for you know the last twenty years. Uh, but yeah, ideally, you want, going back to your question is ideally you want to have them own it, mm-hmm. and then you have less. You want the less liability. Mm-hmm. And then the newer parks, the newer home, they're actually about eighty thousand for a single, or double wide to eighty. Uh, and then some of the homes go up to like one hundred twenty. 
mm-hmm. or 40 for like the really, really nice ones. You couldn't tell if you were in like a luxury house or like a luxury, you know, here in Chicago, Miami, mm-hmm. like apartment. It's like everything top notch and there's a, but they're over hundred grand. So it's not really affordable housing at that point. Wow. Now what kind of, as, as an owner and investor, what kind of, you hit on a little bit, um, what kind of cost do you have? Because, you know, most of, most of my uh, listeners know about multifamily and the expenses involved with mm-hmm. owning an apartment. Uh, it seems like, uh, what do you have? Because it's, it's almost like a triple net. It's like a land lease, right? Yeah, you're very um, spot on with that. It's uh, the beauty about our niche is going to the cost is one of the, well, the cap rates have been higher, usually about one and a half, two point uh, higher in a comparable asset. To like multifamily is because of the expense ratio. Usually, on a non-institutional product like a non, like let's say under five million or under like two hundred mm-hmm. units, you're probably about 40 percent expense ratio. Mm-hmm. And then the more institutional with the bigger management, forty-two to forty-five. When you're looking at apartments, probably fifty-five, sixty for the same yeah, yeah. comparable. And Absolutely. here's the beauty about it too: most people don't know this, and they're kind of mind blown by this. So, multifamily—it's great asset because you get the twenty-seven point five year. Uh, yeah appreciation schedule traditional commercial real estate is 39 yep land improvements land improvements well the land the streets and actually every house especially in the midwest that's what you know we focus on the cement pads that's considered land improvements so you could write off 65 to 75 percent out of 15 years oh. <laughs> you were mind blown by this and then if we and it goes back to the other question if we do own the houses and it's not tenant, oh. then it's 27.5 like multifamily so you could write off when you acquire it it's one of the most advantageous tax structure. It is, I think it is the most advantageous for real estate. And then you could do probably cost segregation. Yep, exactly. Get a, yep. Bring it down Engineer, into f- five years. Yeah. Yep. And bonus wow. depreciation while that's still around. We'll see how yep. that changes by the time this comes out. Hopefully it'll keep that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Another> story. <laughs> yeah, that's another story we won't get into. Um, well, wonderful. So you're doing this. And you're bringing on investors under uh, the name Midwest Park Capital. Tell me a little bit about your, uh, is it a syndication? Is it a fund? What is it? Yep, it's a fund. It's a real estate fund. Uh, we're doing 10 million raise. Uh, by the time you see us, we might be fully subscribed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got some family office meetings coming up in the next Good. period of the holiday. We had a, we, you know, it was just a week after election. So we had a lot of people kind of waiting to see what was going to happen with the whole election. So now we're circling back and now we're getting some of that capital coming in. But um, yeah, we're doing $10 million raise. We're doing 70, 30 split. So it's really advantageous to the, uh, the investors, uh, eight to 10 year hold. Obviously, like mm-hmm. I said, we have, we literally built an all-star team. So we're focusing on the Midwest because it has a higher cap rate. Yep. Uh, and that's where we're from. On top of that, uh, it's not as institutionally owned. So Right now in our industry, we're seeing, we're, it's probably, it's the least consolidated of all big commercial real estate, uh, even though the big players are coming in, but that's going to change over the next four or five years. So the ideal is to accumulate like two or three funds, like three funds we're looking at, and then sell it to an institutional player because that's what they like to buy. They don't like to buy, like I mentioned, Blackstone buy uh, 550 million. They don't want to buy a one-off $5 million park. Yeah. It's not worth it when they have you know billions of dollars sitting in the bank. <laughs> yep. More, so, more overhead, yeah, so, more management. Exactly. Scale of economics doesn't even make sense yep. to them. So yeah, and we built an all-star team, everything from the best fund administrations, uh, software, it's got a hundred, the software we use has a hundred billion under management, under, mm-hmm. under current management. Uh, 
the biggest property manager in our space with 33 years experience and 35,000 lots. They even manage Apollo's properties. Uh, and then really season park CPA. So we have a CPA that knows all these little tax advantages. Um, so, and then everything's really transparent with Midwest Park Capital. We have mm-hmm. fully online transparent, like portal and mm-hmm. quarterly calls. And we just really want to provide this often, conf- you know, confusing, unique niche, a way for people to be passive. We do all the work, you get all the advantages of it. And what is the, uh, I understand it's passive, uh, kind of what's, what's the return? What's the yield? What's your, if you have a preferred rate, you know, yeah. what, what kind, how do you set it up? Yeah. yeah, I forgot to mention that, sorry. Gotcha. APR, uh, target 15 IR, that's comfortable. We know the cap rates have been compressed. Uh, there's a three-point spread. You know, with the, the tre- 10-year treasury has come down to like, you know, below one. It's, obviously, it's crazy right now. But a three-year spread, if we get uh, institutional financing in the low threes, we know even at a six cap, we're hitting the pref, we're hitting the, you know, cash on cash and teens from day one. Uh, but we're seeing like these, we're, one thing, two things we're seeing. We're seeing a lot of these, because most of the people, like you mentioned, are mom and pops have had these for a long time. And, and you know, it's institutional owners are coming in this space. So they're getting more crazy offers thrown at them. Who knows under due diligence if they'll go through or not, but they're, they have their expectations set higher and the cap rates have gotten really compressed compared to what it used to be. That's why we like the Midwest because we have an extra one or two points. But we're seeing cap rates like a couple of years ago, 10 cap was like the commonplace. Like, oh, you got a mobile home park, it's 10 cap. You're getting cash and cash. You're getting 20% plus returns. It was crazy. Now, okay, this is the only, you know, one of the few real estates that's exceedingly well and everyone, you can't develop new ones and there's huge demand for it. Okay, well, let's do a six cap. And we're seeing fives and fours in like the coastal cities, which, yeah, if you're, you know, Blackstone, that makes sense, but not for us. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Because, yeah, they're just looking at, they don't want the 10, you know, the 10 cap. They don't want the 10 return. It's just, it's it's a bond for them. They're just, yep they're just making their institutional investors uh, just a percentage, you know, a very small percentage. Um, it's, it's very interesting. Now I, I was looking on your site, your, your bio. Um, have you done this in the past about flipping them? I mean, are you, what is, I mean, what is that all about? So, yeah. <laughs> so we, you know, cause our fund is a for accredited investors, which in like, General terms basically means you have to make 200 plus a year, have a million liquid, not including your house. Yeah. So I, I want to have a solution for the everyday person to get involved in the space. And like you mentioned uh-huh. earlier, with the TV shows, yeah, there's nobody else. That's one of our value props. There's everyone else is telling you to flip a house. But mm-hmm. if you go to a conference and there's 400 people in the conference room <laughs> in the same town, flip going over the same 10 properties, do you think you're going to get a nice return? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and on top of that, you have to get a, get a loan from the bank. You have to have good credit. You need to, have, you know, Twenty percent down right now with Chase. I think right now with the new, uh, the new laws or with the new regulations, I should say. Uh, this is an avenue for people, everyday person, to a help the affordable housing because if these houses don't get remodeled or maintained, they get torn down or put in for new ones or like the new eighty thousand dollars. So you can make solve the affordable housing for everyday Americans to have a ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollar house. Or if you're in a coastal city, you can make eighty, hundred thousand a flip over there because the houses go for hundreds of thousands or even what you mentioned, I forgot to mention, some of the select like Paradise Cove in Malibu, it's a mobile home park where the houses are like three to six million dollars. Matthew McConaughey lives there. Pamela Anderson used to live there. But it's right on the beach. And then right next door, you have 30, 40 million dollar houses. And so they get the same view of the same beach without the tax bill. 
<laughs> so the neighbors hate it. The neighbors are like, oh, you know, like Does- it's but it's low key, like hangout. And there's also one in uh, which is funny on the other side of the coast in Hamptons. There's another mobile home park. It's called Billionaires Row, and there's like three or four billionaires that live in there, and they they get away from the Hamptons, and it's like these classic, you know, these classic getaway houses for the billionaires in Wall Street. So it's kind of funny, but going back to what you said, uh, so it's getting like the people that want to get away, they have those, but then every American, it's a great way to like either find something and flip the contract or remodel and flip, uh, you know. So we just show them step by step and we bring in a lot of the people that nobody really would have access to because it's kind of like a good old boys or old school, very, like you said, there's not a lot of information about it. So mm-hmm. we're, we want to provide a way, affordable way to help people make an extra income, especially now with COVID especially now people losing jobs, serves affordable housing. You already have a huge demand once you get a, a home and you can, and a typical flip and a small flip, you're making four to 6,000, or if it's a decent size, 10 to 15,000 a flip. So if you do one a month or a few a year, you're, you're in a good shape and it doesn't take a lot of work because it's not like a house. So if you're going to tear down, you can't tear down like all the, like the outside, it's like a shoebox. Like you can't even <laughs> right. touch the outside really besides painting and putting some shutters on it and putting it back if you want to. Yeah. So you don't, you can't be like, oh, I want to put new windows, expand the windows because if you oversize the windows, HUD doesn't allow that. It could, the frame, it could, it could collapse. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so compromise. You're, you're putting in carpet, paint, <laughs> you know, some new, like some the most minor basic thing, and then you use social media and Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist to market it, and it's basically arbitrage, mm-hmm. and you control the market. Yeah, and you know, it's not like you're putting granite and. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they don't even do well unless, unless you're in like a market that needs that. But they actually, the less you do, as long as it's new and looks clean, that's what they want. They just want a clean, affordable house. Yep. They don't, they're not looking for a luxury apartment unless that's that niche. There's a market for that too. But the everyday American, you could put a couple grand, and that's what makes the beauty about mm-hmm. it. They have a nice, clean, safe place to live. They're going to be happy because they're saving all that money in rent. They're saving all that money yep. in taxes, and they get to go to the same school, same fire, and they have their own yard. And at the same time, you're making a six, potentially a six-figure income. And we've done it many times in, the, uh, in our parks. So I've using some of the ones from our, our parks as examples in the course. Like, here's what we did. Here's how to do it. Here's all the resources. It's online. It's called Mobile mm-hmm. Home Wealth Academy. There you go. And uh, it's just fascinating. And I know that our, our, our listenership is just going to eat this up when it comes on. Uh, <laughs> I, I appreciate you being on today. Now, how can people reach you? Because I know that they're going to, they're going to want to learn more. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you for having me on. It was fun and entertaining. Um, so the, the fun, if you're a credit investor, if you want to just get some general information, same as the name, Midwest Park Capital, MidwestParkCapital.com. And that's kind of gives you the general, you know, overview. And then the webs, the other website, if you want to see the PPM, which is a private placement, the actual fund documents and all that, mm-hmm. that's MidwestParkCapitalFund.com. Or call us at 833-MHP-FUND. I don't know how I got that. <laughs> <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then uh, for the Mobile Home Wealth Academy, for anybody else, I just want to see it. I have the basic, I have two funnels built, but I'm for the basic, easy remember Mobile Home Wealth Academy. There's like a little drop your email in there, and that gives you first access to that. And it's coming out. I don't know when this comes out, but this will be coming out in the next month. So, the mid December, you know, we're making sure we have more content than that just blows people's you know out of the water make sure that they yeah. succeed we even have a one-year guarantee on it money back no. and we'll give you a thousand dollars back if it doesn't work <laughs> that's how much we believe in it so Midwest, that's the mobile home wealth academy oh home. sounds fantastic well thank you sir i appreciate it good luck to you and i am sure the listeners are going to uh, just eat this up 
Take care, everybody, and thank you for listening to another episode of the Richard Gaines Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Richard Geek Podcast, where we're helping others find creative ways to build wealth and financial freedom. For today's show notes, including all the links and resources from our show and more information about our guests, visit us at www.therichardgeek.com slash podcast. And don't forget to jump over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts and hit the subscribe button. Share with others who could benefit from listening and leave a rating and review to get the podcast in front of more eyes. I appreciate you and thanks for listening.